Hello and welcome! I'm Joanna Junak and this is GFN News on GFN.tv. In today's program, Martin Kalap will summarize the latest guidance from Action on Smoking and Health. And James Dunworth will tell us more about the disposable vape devices which have become very popular in the UK. In the UK last month, Ash issued a briefing paper on youth vaping designed for public health officials and trading standards officers. We ask Martin Kalab, International Fellow at the Taxpayers Protection Alliance Consumer Center, a few questions about this paper. Thank you, Martin, for joining us. Can you tell us why Ash has issued this short briefing? Um, Ash, Ash has said that they wanted to educate uh, schools primarily um, about um, what, the news on youth vaping because there had been a lot of recent uh, stories in the, the newspapers that were quite alarmist, talking about um, an epidemic of youth vaping and, and this was going to be a catastrophe for public health. And um, it was un unusual really for uh, a public health authority like ASH to come out, uh, to be so forthright about it and say that this, this wasn't the case, that, that vaping amongst youths is, is still um, very low uh, and that there wasn't anything to panic about. But, but they're, they're briefing gave lots of guidance of what schools should do, what other um, institutions should do when faced with uh, young people vaping. Um, and one of the things that stood out for me was they said, you know, have you worked out, have you asked them if they are, are currently smoking? Because obviously that is a different um, form of treatment that you'd want to, to direct towards the, the, uh, the youth involved if, if they're a smoker. It, it completely changes the dynamic. Um, and it was an important uh, distinction to draw really because if you look into the report that ash came out with earlier this year on youth vaping which caused a lot of these headlines not not that i'm saying they caused the headlines it's just the media reacted to the the figures in the way the media does uh, um uh, they, they were set they were uh, pointing out that most of the, the the young people who are using these products uh, are former smokers and it was only 0.5 percent of the youth they surveyed 11 to 17 year olds uh, who were never smokers, who were who were regularly using these vape products. So it is, uh, there was a, a slight, not as bad as in places like the US, but there was a slight moral panic going on and, and an ashes briefing just came out to, to, to give a dose of reality really of what's actually happening. In the briefing we are reading that vaping is not risk-free, but it's much less harmful than smoking. How can young people and those who have never smoked be discouraged from using vaping products? Well, I, I often say that I think the difference between here and America is that we don't we don't glamorise or sensationalise vaping in this country. Uh, I often say we can buy my local Sainsbury's, you can with supermarket, you can buy vaping products in the health aisle uh, next to plasters and toothpaste, um, and there's nothing really rebellious uh, to a, a youth about something that's sold in the health aisle um, because kids will rebel and they will they will try and shock and, and experiment with with things that they're not supposed to have. And I think the best way really is just not to make a great big fuss about it. Uh, it's also, you've also got to bear in mind that the percentage of, of youth using alcohol, uh, taking drugs and other very harmful um, uh, practices are, is much higher in some cases than, than vaping. Vaping is um, a fairly minor concern when compared with other threats to, to, uh, to um, youth in the country. So how about advertisements and other promotions of vaping products? 
Should advertising and promotions be regulated to discourage young people from vaping? Well, that's a balance that has to be made. I think in Scotland, um, currently uh, consulting on bringing in all sorts of restrictions on packaging uh, and flavours, uh, which is what other countries uh, unfortunately are doing. But there is a balance on this because you don't want to deter adult smokers from switching to vaping products. Um, I, I think it's probably fair to say that anyone using cartoon characters is being a bit irresponsible in their marketing. Uh, but we don't want to really throw the baby out of the bathwater, really. Um, so I hope if they do come up with any sort of measures uh, along those lines, that they are very mild measures and they, and they take into account that that most adult vapors like, you know, fruit flavors. Uh, Ash's last uh, survey on e-cigarette use in Britain came, came out with uh, fruit flavors with the most popular flavors at 41% of adult smokers or adult vapors. So they're obviously very attracted to adults. They're, they're not, as some would say, just uh, just created to attract children. They're, uh, they're, um, I, I, I vape fruit flavors myself and I'm, I'm in my 50s. So... Uh, yeah, it's a balance to be set, and I hope they, they don't let this sort of, like I say, classic moral panic sway them too much and go too far and ruin the appeal of vaping to adult smokers. According to the ASH briefing, some young people are both vaping and smoking. Is this a big problem in the UK? Um, yeah, I think I think this is uh, this is something that has, has, has fueled some of this panic. I, I, I read recently in in a comment section for a newspaper article where Ash were quoted as saying, look, this isn't as bad as, as many are making out, saying, I just don't believe it. I see, I see children vaping everywhere. Well, you may see, you know, youngsters vaping, but how do you know if they weren't smoking beforehand or that, or, you know, they are were former smokers? You don't know that. Um, so it's, it's something that, that many people will, will perhaps see, but would they prefer them to be smoking rather than vaping? I don't think so. Ash pointed out that children who grow up in homes where parents smoke or vape are more likely to smoke or vape themselves. Do you agree with this statement? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a common, uh, it's been known for, for decades that one of the main drivers of youth smoking uh, or youth taking up smoking is if, if their parents or their family friends smoke. It's um, almost a learned behaviour, if you like. So it's quite encouraging that, that at the moment we're getting um, smoking rate amongst youth is, is still declining. It's down to three percent. I, I understand that people who regularly smoke who are, are under under eighteen. So um, maybe the, the fact that more adults are using vaping products, it's just been announced that there's four point three million in the UK now, um, is is sort of denormalising smoking among families and friends of young people. So rather than than seeing people smoke and taking up smoking, perhaps they're seeing people vape and taking out vaping, which, which is a public health win, really, at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, they shouldn't be using either. It's probably not best for them to take up nicotine at all if, they don't, if, they're, if they're not dependent on it currently. But if they're going to take up one or the other, it's probably best to take up vaping. And so we're seeing smoking among young people slowly dying out, which, is, which can only be a good thing. Do you think the fruit flavours in some e-liquids are encouraging young people to vape? Well, when, when they're surveyed and asked why they start vaping consistently, um, the fact that they come in lots of flavours comes fairly low down the list. Uh, mostly it's, um, it's just 
as Ash um, described it, that's experimental and rare. That's what they said with youth vaping. And, and I think a lot of it is that, you know, kids will just try things um, because that's what that's what they do as they're growing up. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think because vaping comes in different flavors, whereas when uh, when it, when the only way of getting nicotine was through combustible tobacco, that there was just one flavor, tobacco flavor. I think that that worries people, but I think it's an unnecessary worry because you know I, I like fruit flavors. That's that's all I vape, and I vape a, a number of different fruit flavors. And it's it's just a more pleasant experience, and it keeps me from relaxing to go back um, to to be a smoker again. So that's why I think a lot of people use the flavors, and and it's it's more enjoyable. If if you've got something that's more enjoyable, then why would you go back to the the thing that you you stop using the cigarette? And uh, I think we need to keep them enjoyable and and resist some of these siren voices that want to ban flavors, as is happening in in many other countries. We don't want that happening here. Thank you, Martin. Ash also pointed out that disposable vaping products such as Elf and Geekbar have become very popular in the UK. We asked James Danward, chairman of eCigarette Direct, author of Ashtray Block and steering committee member of the Independent British Vape Trade Association, to comment on these findings. Thank you, James, for joining us. First, can you show us what a disposable vape device looks like? Okay. So they're, they're a slim device, which you can see here. Uh, this is one called um, the, the Lost Mary, uh, which contain e-liquid and a coil and a pod at the end, which contains e-liquid. They are usually all in one, and you can't usually take them apart, although some manufacturers, such as Inica now, I believe, are designing devices which can be taken apart, with the idea that you will be able to recycle the separate components. So why have they become so popular in UK? Well, it's a good question because disposable devices have been around for many years and they haven't really taken off until recently. I think what we have are several factors coming together at the same time. So first, the, the devices themselves have improved. Uh, you, you've got some strong flavors, uh, often very sweet, uh, which seem to appeal to a lot of people. But the vapor, the vape has also improved as well. So you're getting a good, uh, soft but good throat hit, and plenty of vapor. And in fact, the the vapors, the vape experience has improved so much that it's appealing to a lot of people who have traditionally used reusable devices. So you, what you're seeing now is a lot of people might have used mods or pod devices actually using these side by side. So sometimes they use mods and sometimes or, or, or pod systems and sometimes they use these disposable devices. So they're not just appealing to people who are new to vaping, they're also appealing to people who have vaped before. Um, I also think that what you have now is extension of the convenience culture in the UK, you know, and, and you can see this across different sectors. So now, you know, if you go into a, into a shop now, you've got lots of pre-peeled vegetables, you know, everything is made to be as easy as possible to use, you know, and to save us time. And I, I think that's what you're seeing here is where people don't, they don't want to spend the time to change the coils and refill the e-liquid, which is strange, right? Because it doesn't take long. I mean, you know, to refill to refill um, a tank or a pod with e-liquid literally takes seconds. 
And the cost saving is quite significant. And I know a lot of vape shops explain to people who come in about the cost saving and, you know, about the, um, the damage that these devices do to the environment. But uh, the, the urge for speed and convenience is so strong now that it seems to overcome that minor inconvenience. Finally, I think that a lot of people are using these devices at times when it might be difficult to use a rechargeable devices. So we see a lot of people buying them when they go to nightclubs, when they're going out for the day, they're going to the beach, uh, or they're going to festivals, or they're going on holiday. And uh, an example I was told about the other day was uh, an experienced vapor who likes going to festivals. And he said until disposable devices came along, he'd actually take cigarettes with him. And then when he was at a festival, he, he would smoke because it was, it was too difficult to charge up his device. But now that they have these disposable devices, he's actually taking those along and using them uh, instead. Thank you, James. That's all for today. Tune in next time here on GFN TV or on our new podcast for more tobacco harm reduction updates. And on Thursday episode, Dr. Findila Shangasi and consumer advocate Kurt Yo will discuss tobacco harm reduction in South Africa and the impact of the coming excise tax on nicotine vapes. Thanks for watching or listening. See you next time.